0: With insights and analysis of today's rapidly shifting world. Welcome to the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross, featuring exclusive interviews with today's top newsmakers and trendsetters. And now, your Jewish patriot, Cindy Gross.
1: U.S. Patriot. I am your host Cindy Gross. I am today's premier Jewish women activist and I'm very proud to be a part of Real Talk Radio, the Black and White Network, Conservative Television of America, the Times of Israel, Israel National News, Reactionary Times and to be a part of your lives my followers, my viewers and my listeners. Thank you for joining the show because it has been a crazy week. And as you can tell, I'm not feeling great, but the news doesn't stop and neither does this Patriot. So let's get into my opening. Welcome to my Pearls of Wisdom because my name is Isil Peril and I am Sweet Pearl, And I have a story to tell you that doesn't make a little birdie. Chirp so sweetly and of course i'm talking about twitter well they finally did it they finally blocked my account and not only do they block it but they won't respond to my account and i can't get into it or any access to try to fix it you know from what an obituary reprinted from the new york post about Mike Wong, the former leader of the New York Conservative Party who passed away last week at the age of 82 after a brief illness. I shared fond memories with him. I didn't know that an obituary causes violent and extreme language and behavior that causes my account to suddenly disappear. But that's what it did. And you know what else? I had a feeling something wasn't right because right after that account uh, situation where I posted the obituary, I received the craziest uh, message from a third world country about my, I'm being violent and extreme and someone who's a major league baseball player is working for Twitter. And I reached out to Twitter and they did nothing about it. So now, I am getting all kinds of strange messages and I'm having somebody troll me from the Southern Poverty Law Center who claims to be a journalist, even though he's self-funded, asking for GoFundMe money about my last show because I had a sitting congressman and a major leader from a Jewish organization on only person that is trolling us. So here it is. Someone who is promoting hate and violence through his quote-unquote good work is stopping me and my voice. But let me tell you, Twitter, you're not going to stop me. You're not going to stop my work. And you're not going to prevent people on the right from speaking up. You're not going to prevent anybody from fighting anti-Semitism because anti-Semitism is hate and somebody who hates Jews, hates blacks, Hispanics, Asians, people who have a sexual preference different to our own, disabled, old, and whatever else they don't like. Because hate is hate. So stop the hate. And this is a warning to everybody out there. If you think we have a slam dunk of victories in the House and Senate and in Congress, where we are seeing rhinos disappear and the new Republicans come in, you are sadly mistaken. Because we are fighting a losing battle between the money George Soros is spending and social media giants who want to silence and shut us up. I don't know about you, but I've been watching Newsmax, and they're on a campaign claiming that Fox News wants nothing to do with Trump. New York Post claims they want nothing to do with Trump, at least that's what we're seeing in the print, even the Wall Street Journal. And how many of us are really going to take the time to look for alternative news outlets? The average person doesn't. Only political junkies do. And political junkies are few and far between. So I am telling all of you, take the lesson that I had this week. I knew it all along, but I did not think honoring a man who recently passed away was violent and extreme. What if I had the obituary for someone on the left? Do you think my account would have been suspended or actually worse than suspended? It disappeared, totally. And who else has hacked me? Could it be China, since they're so interested in what's going on with Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan? Could it be Iran, who this week claimed they could blow up New York with nuclear deals if we don't follow them? You tell me what's going on around the world, how weak America is and how even weaker those fighting for our democracy are. Tell me your thoughts. We have a huge show tonight. We are gonna talk about anti-Semitism, but we're also going to talk about a race in North Carolina that's very interesting for many reasons. And hopefully this woman will win and be a new face for the GOP. So sit back and stay tuned.
2: Stand up, Texas. There comes a time in one's life where you have to take a stand for what you believe in. To stand for what you know in your heart is right. For yourself, for your children, for your grandchildren. As Texans, we are in a fight for our independence and the promise of freedom that Texas was built upon. And it's that very freedom that is being stripped away from us right now. As brothers, sisters, business owners, employees, students, We are all in this fight together. It's time to take a stand, Texas. We are an organization of nearly 400,000 Texans. We're pushing for Texit and our freedom, our independence. Join us. Let's stand together. Visit texitnow.org. That's texitnow.org. Paid for by the Texas Nationalist Movement.
1: Welcome back to the Jewish Patriot. I am so excited to meet my next guest the same way I'm going to share her with you because I love, love, love her slogan, families first. I think maybe the women do that more than the men because we're all worried about America first and amendments first, but if we don't have our families first, we have nothing. Sandy Smith won her primary in an open seat from North Carolina's first district and She is in an excellent position to become the next Congresswoman from North Carolina's first district. Welcome to the show, Sandy.
3: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So
1: tell us what made you decide to run at this time for Congress?
3: Well, I think like a lot of Americans, I was getting frustrated with uh, what I was seeing uh, being done nothing and our country being destroyed from the inside out. And I'm a firm believer, if you want something done, you have to be willing to stay, step up and take action. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm so happy you are a young gun. Tell people
1: what a young gun means in, in campaigns.
3: Um, it's a huge honor. It's um, being recognized by the NRCC as an uh, up-and-coming politician or an elected official soon-to-be, and that we are in targeted races, and um, we're the ones to watch. So I have to laugh. If you look at the mainstream media, they would
1: tell you that, oh, North Carolina is going blue and that it's not so republican anymore but everybody i talk to out of north carolina says not only is it republican but they're america first republicans tell us a little bit about some, the platform you're running on and you are america first and tell us the issues that concern you and your voters and why you are going to make the seat not only red but bright red like your jacket
3: That's exactly what we're going to do. You're absolutely right. I am an America first candidate. I believe we need to protect our families. We need to protect our jobs. We need to protect our energy. Why are we selling our energy to to China, uh, you know, our reserves when we can uh, and not allowing American companies to produce American energy? Uh, We have an out of control inflation And it is is crippling uh, families and small businesses. We have been under a Democrat uh, control here in North Carolina in the first district for over a hundred years. The last time that they had a Republican was um, back in reconstruction. So it's been quite some time. They have redrawn this district. So it's now a more Republican district and more reflective of the folks that live here. Um, it's very rural for the most part. We have a couple little um, towns that, that you know, have some population there, but overall it's dramatically rural. And uh, they are very conservative. Even the Democrats in this area are, are conservative. They do not subscribe to the radical left, urban Democrat platform. And so they are very excited to have someone like me on the ticket who's gonna put them first and, and fight for what's right for our community. So we see in your background
1: military pictures. Tell us what your uh, work is with the military. I know you are a big supporter of the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, I am a very proud Marine mom. My daughter served in the United States Marines. That's whose picture is right behind me. Uh, She, I'm so proud of her. My son's picture you can't see. He actually goes to one of the oldest military universities in the country. Uh, My father served in the Air Force. My husband's father was an original 13 of Delta Force. And everyone in his family pretty much has served in the military. So military is very, very important to me. I believe we need to take better care of our military. And here in North Carolina, we have a huge military population um, because of our bases. But in addition to that, we have a lot of uh, military members that retire and, and settle here in the first district. So we need to take better care of them. They've served our country, protected us. We need to protect them, just like you mentioned. My second, the Second Amendment. I'm a strong advocate for our Second Amendment. We need to protect it, and um, you know we should not let these uh, red flag, unconstitutional uh, gun laws be passed. Who are some of the public figures that have endorsed you? Uh, okay, so here in North Carolina, I have uh, Congresswoman Virginia Fox. Congressman uh, uh, David Rouser, Congressman Madison Cawthorn, uh, Congressman, um, let's see, uh, Bob Good in in Virginia, Congressman uh, Scott Perry in uh, Pennsylvania, Congressman um, Paul Gosar out in Arizona. We love Paul Gosar. He was just on the show. We love him. He's awesome. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, there's a ton. And if I, if I forget anyone, I I apologize. You see, we got the gist that your uh, race
1: is being watched on a national level. Yes. That is incredible. One other issue I do want to talk to you about, because I know before the whole CRT became an issue, North Carolina had a leader in my buddy Sloan about fighting the biased, prejudice, anti-American curriculum. And I know you've been working very strongly on that. So tell us a little bit about your work with the education uh, in North Carolina and how you plan to fight for quality education for the country.
3: Absolutely, well, I'll say this. We, they have lost focus in our education system. When they are more focused on indoctrinating our children, with their CRT curriculum and sexualizing them with uh, sex education from K through third grade Um, and more focused on the children deciding what genders and their pronouns, we have a problem. We've got to get back to the basics. We've got to get back to reading, writing, and arithmetic, teaching real American history, not this uh, 1619 garbage. We've got to teach our 1776 American history that we are all so proud of. And um, I've been a very strong supporter with Salone and other folks that are running for school board, been attending the school board uh, meetings, um, discovering some of the outrageous um, curriculum material that they're using in our school systems here in North Carolina, as well as across the country. It's just appalling. Correct,
1: right.
3: Absolutely. This, this has been going on actually for two
1: decades. Only now people became aware of it. I think it's one of the few things that came out good of COVID is that people are becoming aware and that people are going to be fighting the teachers unions as to what's being taught and how the environments are for schools, because people do have options and they're taking advantage of them.
3: That's exactly what I say. And this is the other thing our school boards should not be an extension of our teachers unions they should be a representative of the, the of the community the parents and that's why we've had so many parents step up and decide to run for school board which is so refreshing because that's the one way we are going to stop this craziness that's getting into our classrooms i mean you're absolutely right like i said when we got when the big light shined on it during covid it really woke a lot of parents up
1: It absolutely did. Any last words before we leave that you'd like to share with our audience?
3: Oh, absolutely. First of all, thank you so much for allowing me to come on and and talk a little bit about my campaign. If you would like to find out more information about me, simply go to sandysmithnc.com. And just you can uh, follow us on social media uh, there as well. And if you'd like to help with my campaign, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, I can use your help. You can make phone calls for us, you can, uh, you can come down. We've had folks come from across the country to actually knock doors and um, work the polls for us. So we've got a job for anyone if they wanna get involved and help save our country and tr- make history and turn this district bright red. That's incredible. A hundred years, and we're
1: going to actually flip it because smart, common-sense voters are going to come out in record numbers. They don't want... You're in the rural area. They're very concerned about their livestock and their livelihoods and what they are going to be able to share with the country as far as food and, and grains and everything.
3: That's right. That's right. Sandy Smith, thank you so much for joining the US
1: Patriot, and you're welcome back anytime. We wanna meet the military family too, because we here love the military and we honor them and we thank them for their
3: service. Thank you so much. I'll I'll see if I can get my daughter to join me the next time we're on, it'll be fun. It, total girl power. I mean, she's a five nothing, a, mil, a Marine. I mean, she's she is my superstar. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless you, thank you.
4: Here's what Robert Cornicelli has to say about himself. I'm not going down there to get power, to get influence, to benefit.
5: What separates us, I think, is I talk about the things I did on the outside where there was zero personal gain, and we are worlds apart in that area. Here's
4: what's being said about Cornicelli by the men who served under him.
6: Suppulsive liar, suppulsive liar, suppulsive liar.
4: Robert Cornicelli is not the man with integrity he says he is to represent New York's second district in Congress. In the event that Captain Cornicelli was successful,
2: how do you think he would be as a New York uh, representative in Congress? As a, as a person in Congress or person in office, even as a mayor or a councilman, whatever position it is in the politics, um, he would sell a story to just to get votes
6: and likes and handshakes but right. in the same breath,
2: lie and um, turn, your, turn his back on
4: them. Robert Cornicelli is not the man with integrity he says he is to represent New York's second district in Congress, but Mike Rakebrandt is. Mike Rakebrandt earned his integrity in the United States Navy, where he was wounded in action in the Middle East. When he got home, he chose to serve again with integrity as a New York City detective. Mike Rakebrandt is the only one with the integrity you can trust to represent New York's Second District in the Republican primary on August 23rd. Vote for Mike Rakebrandt in New York's Second Congressional District Republican primary August 23rd. Mike Rakebrandt will serve with the honor we all deserve. For more information about Mike Rakebrandt and how he'll serve you with honor in Congress, visit com. That's Mikerakebrandt4Congress.com. Paid for by Mike RakeBrant for Congress.
6: Had enough yet? Do facts no longer matter? Are lies to be encouraged instead of punished? This is not our inheritance. If truth no longer matters, we will not remain free for long. This is our generation's challenge. To defend our founders' hope that we the people could self-govern, if we defend our right to get the facts. And right now, we're building the only defense a free people have, the facts, on every politician, every position they held, every statement they've made, every vote they've made, and any cash they've taken. It's the real history on those now pandering for your vote. There are hundreds of young people building our defense right now, and they need your help. We all have our passions, but as our ancestors knew, When events become so foul they threaten us all, we must stand and defend each other. Please, have our backs. Join us at VoteSmart.org.
1: Welcome back. Before we introduce our next guest, I want to talk to you a little bit about why we're talking with local elected officials and local people who work in local governments. Notice I use the word local three times because local is the most important government for you in your everyday lives. Those are the people who actually work closest with you. Those are the ones who decide your garbage sanitation issues, the infrastructure, construction on your local streets, budgets for schools, libraries, gatherings i mean it's summertime and i've discussed it before how the local governments are providing entertainment and camps senior activities also local governments are the people if you have an issue you should be going to first because they are accessible to you they're not in washington they're not in your state capital. most of them are within walking distance or driving distance And local issues are issues that affect everybody nationally. Local issues are what are really on the minds of most of your neighbors. And I bet if you got on the phone and you spoke to a friend in a different state about one of your local issues, they can relate. We know how important local school boards have been the past year in elections, and with parents and in discussions about curriculum and parents making up their minds to take their kids out of public school and students now choosing private school and homeschooling options. You know what's gonna be the next global election people are gonna talk about? You heard it here, it's judges. Because people want to know who is sitting on the bench making decisions on their lives whether or not it's a bankruptcy or divorce a parking ticket or serious crimes like rape robbery and murder so that is why we talk about local elections and local politicians and local public figures because the issues we discuss on a local level are really national issues and I want you to follow up after you watch and listen to the show And find out who your local members of your town and villages and your incorporated cities and whatever local municipality you live in. They all have people representing you, whether or not you vote for them, whether or not they are paid staff, but they are all accessible. And just remember, you are paying their salaries, whether they're Democrat or Republican. You are paying their salaries. So you have a right and you can demand that right to know what's going on. So we're going to talk with a local official who is on one of the most important local uh, staff boards. It's actually full of volunteers, also, but he is the advisor. And we're going to talk about anti Semitism. Because anti-Semitism as a Jew is something I know best. But hate is hate. And the discussion we have, whether you're black or white, whether you live in a city or a suburb, you should go after this show and find your local officials and discuss how to end hate, whether it's discrimination or whether it's violent crime. If we're ever going to survive this, We're going to have to learn to
5: get along. You've served our country and made us proud. Many of you have come home, continue to lead, and look out for one another. So it's important we all learn the five signs of emotional suffering. If you or someone you know is experiencing one or more of these signs, reach out, connect, offer to help.
4: Hey, what's the matter?
5: In or out of uniform, We can help our families and nation stay strong. Visit changedirection.org.
1: Welcome back to the duest patriot. Joining us now is not only one of the most outspoken voices on anti-Semitism, but he's a close friend. He recently started one of the most popular blogs on the times of Israel and people from all over the world are reaching out to him for information because he does so much research on him the facts he shares he is the advisor to the county executive in Nassau County for the anti-Semitism task force. And even though this is a local government focusing on anti-Semitism, this is a national issue and an international issue. And this is not just an issue about anti-Semitism. This is about how people can get involved in fighting hate in their communities. So Scott Cushing, thank you so much for joining the Jewess Patriot.
5: Thank you, Cindy. It's wonderful to be here.
1: Well, you have really made a name for yourself in a very short time since uh, the blog has come out from the Times of Israel and so many famous public figures have reached out to you because you give so many details. So we must talk about, I mean, I've been very vocal about how upset I am, that literally nobody in the press has mentioned the fact that Congressman Lee Zeldin, uh, was on one of his stops for his gubernatorial race and that he was attacked and it was an assassination attempt based on what was said and the witnesses at saw it. and nobody is picking it up as an anti-Semitic attempt and then there have been other headlines not to mention not to in the far distant past we had the Highland Park incident. So tell us what you are involved in because I think your voice is so important for people to listen to about how they can get involved in their local government.
5: Well, thank you, Cindy. Uh, the task force that uh, was put together by the County Executive in Nassau County, Bruce Blakeman, really centers upon a couple of very important things. Number one, what is it that we do? How do we address anti-Semitism? and to bring in the different stakeholders from uh, throughout all of our communities, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's people who are involved in schools, private business, uh, you know, different advocates for uh, different, uh, different causes. And one of the unique things about the task force and a lot of the work that I've been doing uh, throughout the county and also uh, writing for the Times of Israel is to shine a light, a light of what really is happening because you're right, uh, mainstream media, um, has agendas, and I think that that's something that we all really see, and, and it's really crystallizing in a lot of people's uh, you know, minds. Uh, a perfect example is uh, in the five towns uh, in Nassau County, you had a very prominent uh, young man who was going to a rally, who was attacked in the middle of a street, and he was sent to the hospital. He was beaten within an inch of his life, depending upon who you talk to. He was on the was, was literally on the front pages of the New York Post, but some media didn't cover it. Uh, Certain elected officials didn't even give him a phone call when he would call them. Um, To his credit, Mayor Adams actually called him before he was the mayor. But these incidences, these problems, these, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, whether it's an attack on an individual, graffiti, whether it's words, all of these things are are literally bringing uh, to the forefront the issue of anti-Semitism. And uh, today we actually had a task force hearing where our police commissioner, Pat Ryder, uh, spoke to the entire group and discussed not just the issue of anti-Semitism, but some of the things that he's seeing. And uh, one thing in particular that definitely struck at me was there is a a 15% increase um, just in that small area of Long Island, Nassau County. But at the same time, uh, you have groups like the American Jewish Congress that uh, did a public survey and asked uh, Jews, as well as non-Jews, which is an interesting thing. Usually pollsters only will talk to a certain cell, a subset of individuals. They don't talk to everybody. Well, here you had a poll that talked to just American Jews and then everybody as a whole. And it's not just 50%, it's over north of 60% where people believe, yeah, you know what? Something's going on. And so the task force uh, is really looking at ways that they can address the issue proactively instead of reactively.
1: Well, I have to tell you the incident you brought up, my listeners know from previous guests that I am personally involved with because you're mentioning Joey Borgen and my son was supposed to be with Joey Borgen. If it not for a work conflict, my son would have been with Joey when he got attacked. So this affects me personally and I'm glad you brought that up because just because it happened several months ago doesn't mean that we should forget about it. In fact, we should be talking about it even more. I'm glad you also brought up the fact that non-Jews recognize it because Jews recognize what is going on in minority communities, such as the Asian community where they are facing an increase in hate. And it's something that we can work on together. There is black on black and there are so many Jewish organizations, the federations from, and this isn't a political issue. This is a common sense issue. Nobody wants violence and nobody wants hate. So we have to get to the root of it and act on it, not just talk about it.
5: It's a people's issue, Cindy, you're absolutely correct. It's not a Republican issue, it's not a Democratic issue. And a lot of uh, these incidences uh, come from the very far left and some people call it the extreme far right as well. But the fact of the matter is, it is happening. That overall poll that I uh, cited to you specifically, sixty per, over sixty percent people think it's a problem. But forty four percent said there was a market increase, and which was I felt was very fascinating. Sixty six percent of people in this uh, in this survey felt that BDS was a direct anti Semitic action, which. You know, that's the first time in overall, the overall space of the general public that there is a recognition of that. But, uh, you know, locally, as well as nationally, whether you're in New York City, Long Island or wherever you are, uh, the commissioner said that there's one common denominator that is definitely something that needs to be talked about. And that's the issue of underreporting. And underreporting is such an important uh, issue that we have to deal with in some sort of manner. Underreporting is that individual that has an anti-Semitic act uh, perpetrated on them, whether it's verbally, physically, et cetera, online. Online is the the most fertile battleground of anti-Semitism. People are afraid to report it to the police. Well, police can't take action unless they are given that information, unless they're able to do an investigation. Uh, Locally, just uh, over the past week or so, um, a national group, the, um, I, I don't, I even hesitate to use their name because I don't, we don't have to give
1: them publicity. Exactly. Yes,
5: exactly. Uh, put out life leaf leaflets and flyers on people's front lawns was national news here. Uh, and what we find out is the flyer is, uh, is an act of antagon- is antagonizing. But the other thing too, is they're harvesting information. They're getting people to go to their website. They're looking at the algorithms. They're figuring out how to target communities. You know, anti-Semitism on the worldwide internet is becoming—it's uh, not only just the battleground, but it's also a harvesting point where they're pulling in people into uh, what they want them to do. In this particular case, it's incitement of violence. Sometimes it's—it's it's harassment. It's bullying. Uh, one interesting note that uh, the police commissioner. Uh, put out to us, which I, which made everybody pause in the room. You know, the commentaries and the words that they use on these flyers are there. It's coded language. Some people refer to it as a dog whistle. Um, That language that's being used in the materials that they're, that they put out there is a mechanism. It is a way for them to not just antagonize the Jew or a person of color, but it's also to attract that, what they refer to as the lone wolf, the person who will create or do that act of violence. And that's the thing that should be something that we should all take a stock of. You know, the internet, the web is a real fertile ground, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There was a, there was an, a, as part of uh, some studies that they've done, Facebook 55% of people have failed. They have been a, a subject of an anti-Semitic attack on Facebook, uh, 10% of, for Instagram, 35% on Twitter. You know, those are very chilling statistics because when a person sees that anti-Semitic attack on those social media platforms, you know, it's attracting and it's encouraging others. And that's the part that I think that everybody needs to take stock of.
1: Correct i couldn't agree with you more as somebody who has been attacked through social media only this past week i had an incident so i know all about it and you know people said to me why do you want to have a show the jewess patriot in this day and age but i'm proud of it and if i remain silent then i'm just part of the problem i'm not part of the solution oh,
5: well, and to well that's a perfect example cindy you know uh people such as uh, yourself, as well as people who are on the task force, law enforcement. Um, this is more than just the rabbinical community. It's more than the public interest committee community. It's everybody together. You know, uh, there was a group in Boston that put together, it was uh, the subject of one of the pieces I wrote for the Times of Israel, the mapping project, where they actually pinpointed organizations, religious institutions, individuals, companies, small businesses, who were Jewish, That's and you have to sit back and you have to wonder why was that done? It was not intimidation. It was to give a roadmap to those people who want to commit violence. It was giving a roadmap to people uh, for BDS. It was a roadmap for the most blatant uh, thing that we have in this world today when it comes to anti-Semitism. You know, and anti-Semitism is a very loaded word too. I. I sometimes, I I bristle at anti-Semitism because I think we should really call it what it is. And it was a piece I wrote as well. It's Jew hatred. Let's call this what this really is. It's hatred of Jews. It's hatred of such yourself, for example, Cindy, having a radio show or a television show. It's a, a, a Jewish person having a successful small business in their backyard. And, you know, what has to happen is, you know, Jews, as well as the public at large, as well as individuals who are concerned about issues of hate, they have to really address it in real time. You know, it happens on the internet and it happens on a social media platform, you know, we come out with these empty statements. Empty statements have no value unless you deal with it directly.
1: Correct.
5: And that's one of the things that has to happen within not just the law enforcement community, but as us as a society. You know, um, that's part of it. That brings in education within our schools. It taught, it, you know, think about it. When you go into a uh, high school, a public high school, and you go into a seventh grade social studies class, you have over 75% of the kids, when you say, the, what's the Holocaust? They don't have no idea what it is. All
1: right. And the teachers that are teaching it, and of course- Everybody knows about my education story. The teachers don't even know about it. Yeah. So, give us a little preview of what's coming up on the Times of Israel that we could all uh, read about.
5: Well, I think uh, one of the things that you're going to start to read about is uh, the issue of free speech. And uh, free speech, really, you can't uh, yell fire in a crowded theater. You can't, uh, you can't uh, put out these statements and, and antagonize and bully and go after people and think that there's actually going to be no response to it. Um, you know, uh, the police commissioner said something today that uh, made everybody pause on another subject. He said the free speech of some of these anti-Semitic acts is no different than Al-Qaeda. Right. And I thought, I said to myself, my goodness, you know, you know when you think about it, they're identifying people, they're targeting people, they're trying to incite violence, they're trying to bring people into these uh, communities and to do things that are just absolutely horrific in nature. So you, what you're going to start to read a little bit more about are some of the strategies that are going to be developed to uh, to attack anti-Semitism at its, at its roots, Jew hatred, and at the same time start to look at the internet and start to go really on the battlefield. One of the things that I think that you're going to see is a transitionary point. We've always looked at anti-Semitism and Jew hatred as something that you read about in a press conference or that's in a a public newspaper that you see in a weekly. It's gotta be something as we just said a few moments ago in real time. And if it's done in real time, and uh, the the, the, uh, head of the bias crimes unit um, of the Nassau County Police uh, said it the best. I think it was an absolutely sensational quote, and that is, that what we need to do is that the bad guys should be the ones that we make an example of, not the good guys who are the victims. And we have to go after those bad guys. And once they are arrested and once they are captured and they are prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, they should be the ones that should be put into public display so that anybody who wants to go down that road understands, oh boy, this is gonna be taken very seriously. And one last point, if I can.
1: Yes.
5: Cause we had to wrap it up. Yes. Yes. One last point. The laws do give us avenues, bias, hate crimes, but when they throw those flyers on the lawn, we can get them for ready. The police commissioner said it today. We can get them for littering and then we can arrest them and then we can let the district attorney go after them. So the laws are there it's up to us to report it. It's up to us to communicate. It's up to us to get a part of the a solution and us not to be part of the problem.
1: And I'll just end with this. I'm gonna take, this is happening on both extremes. This is the, the alt-right, extreme right is just as guilty as the alt-left. And the only way we're gonna stop it honestly is from moderate common sense people that are thinking of this as an issue of hate and. Absolutely. And that's how we're going to win this, whether or not it's anti-Semitism or racism or any kind of discrimination. But we as Jews are going to stand up for anti-Semitism, fighting it all the way to the end, because we want to see it end and we want to set the examples. Scott, where can people reach out to you?
5: They can reach out to me uh, through my public email. I have an Instagram account. Uh, My email is uh, public. It's uh, scottcushing1 at gmail.com. And uh, I'll be happy to talk to people. And uh, I'm also on Instagram. And if you go to the Times of Israel uh, uh, blog site, the, uh, the site itself, and you can look for my column, you can also email me as, there as well.
1: Scott Cushing, thank you so much for joining the show. Local issue, local government involved, but national concerns that can be uh, you can implement this anywhere. You don't have to be Jewish to be with Cindy, Scott, or to fight any kind of hate. Thank you so much for joining the show.
7: Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Nike is constantly political. Why? Cover. Congressional reports suspect Nike used forced labor in China. Religious minorities were ripped from their families, sterilized, sold to factories. Nike made shoes in those same areas. Congress tried to ban Nike's labor practices. Nike fought back with highly paid lobbyists. Rather than hiring Americans, Nike chose China. John Donahoe, Nike,
0: stop exploiting foreign labor. Serve your customers, not woke politicians. So what has Andrew Garbarino done for you lately? Let's see. Recklessly voted for Joe Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Betrayed fellow Republicans by voting to certify the 2020 election. Oh, and voted to create an independent commission to investigate the July 6 protest. Andrew Garbarino is no Republican, but Mike Reichbrandt is. New York's second district deserves a real Republican to protect them in Washington. Mike Rakebrandt is a real Republican who won't turn his back on the Republican Party. Mike Rakebrandt is a faithful New Yorker, awarded the Purple Heart, protecting your freedoms on the battlefield, and as an NYPD detective, knows how to protect New Yorkers. When you vote for Mike Rakebrandt in the Republican primary, he'll protect your freedoms in Congress to secure our southern border and let ICE do their jobs, ban critical race theory in our schools, and withdraw from the Paris Climate Agreement. Vote for Mike Rakebrandt on June 28th and return common sense and good stewardship to New York's 2nd District. Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on Republicans, and Mike Rakebrandt won't turn his back on you. Learn more about Mike Rakebrandt at Congress.com. Again, visit MikeRakeBrandtforCongress.com. Paid for by Mike Rakebrandt for Congress.
1: Many of you ask me why sometimes I have a hand out during the show. Well, we have a little producer of the show and he came to say hello. And his name is Stripes. Hi, Stripes. Hi. You want to say hi? Yes. He wants to make sure it's a perfect production.
7: American Airlines rated the worst, losing the most bags, shrinking legroom during COVID. American requires passengers to show ID to fly, but attacks Texas's popular voter ID law. Why is CEO Doug Parker trying to appease the radical left? To distract from billions of taxpayer bailouts, from his $10 million payday, from Americans' record layoffs. Doug Parker, American Airlines, serve your customers, not woke politicians.
1: First of all, before we close, I do want to thank you all for bearing with me while I'm not feeling well. Uh, But I felt the show was too important and the times are too, uh, there's, I don't know how to describe it. There's just so much going on that we need to know and there's so much information we need to gather in such a short period that I felt that running a repeat would not do justice to the show, or to you, my audience. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Before I leave, I wanna talk to you about the New York primaries in August 23rd, because this week, uh, the New York Post did an article that it looks like the four statewide candidates, including Congressman Lee Zeldin, who's running for governor, the races in the Senate, Attorney General, and New York State Comptroller look like, as of now, that the Democrats are way ahead and uh, are even more way ahead in fundraising. So people ask me as a New Yorker, how can New York be saved? And I've been saying this, and as a political strategist, I have been uh, warning people about this for months. The secret is going to be in congressional seats, especially with the winds of redistricting that we had in court earlier this year. So I'm going to share with you, and excuse me for reading, I want to get all the facts straight, a recent post I did on Reactionary Times, and I want to thank Julio Rivera and the people at Reactionary Times for including my work regularly. And I hope you guys uh, follow Reactionary Times and read the articles, and uh, Julio Rivera is regularly all over media as a host. He's the Conservarican, so please follow him. So I am calling them the New York GOP congressional team as a savior, but I'm calling them the dream team, and I'm lucky. I know most of them for years. Many of them are personal friends. Many of them I've socialized with, and many of them are not familiar names yet, but I want you to get to know because these are going to be the new faces of the GOP that stand up. For you and me. So regardless of whether you're in New York or a red state, we all know crime is surging, the economy is horrible, we see what's going on in international relations, and we have to be aware of who is making the decisions in Congress. Because right now, We are not happy in either party with who is sitting there, and we are tired of career politicians. And we are lucky that some of them are leaving on their own, and many more will leave if we have big victories in November, because they're not going to sit through 2023 and 2024 without a voice. So here we go. I want you to remember these names. I want you to remember the names Michael Waller. Michael Lawler happens to be someone I go to all the time because he represents Rockland County and I know a lot of his constituents. Carl Palladino. Carl Palladino is a very controversial person and has said some things that are very questionable But I can tell you. I've been friends with Carl Palladino for years and the Carl Palladino that I know works for the people in his district. And I can tell you based on local informal polling, he is way ahead of his competition. And he is a strong voice. He was one of the first public figures to come out and support Donald Trump and still does support Donald Trump. Anthony D'Esposito. Anthony D'Esposito happens to be from my district and will flip a seat if elected. And right now he is double digits ahead. Uh, the Democrats, because they're in a mess of a primary, and he's not. He is a local councilman. He is uh, involved in law enforcement. He is very well respected on the local level, and he is expected to flip the seat. George DeVol de Santos, close friend. I will tell you, if this guy is elected to Congress, he is going to make history as the first gay Republican congressman to come at and stand up for law cab and Republicans everywhere. But besides that, he is a lot of fun, and he is going to make Washington a lot of fun. He is in District 3, where Tom Swasey was until it came an open seat. And he is uncontested, and he is fighting uh, Democrats who are in a very highly contested primary. And it looks like based on inside polling, because it is in the suburbs, he will likely flip that seat. I want to talk about Liz Joy, upstate, and Laurent Singletary. My friend, Mark Molinaro, who I've introduced you to for many years in my writings and my other podcasts, because Mark ran for governor mark is the duchess county county executive the former one and mark is in a seat that looks like it's going to flip red paul king paul king is running against gregory meeks it's a harder race but we all know the disaster what's going on around the world and we all know that gregory meeks is a uh, congress foreign relations chair so this is a perfect opportunity to fix our standing around the world and support Paul King. Benine Hamden. She is representing District 10 and District 10 in the Democratic side is killing each other because it's the seat talked about that has two senior Democrats, Carolyn Maloney and Jerry Nadler, fighting each other. And... There are many other races, too many to talk about now, but I'm telling you very carefully, listen, this group represents a new Republican party, even in New York. I mentioned that Santos is gay. Uh, Singletary is an African-American and Benin Hamden is a Christian Lebanese running in an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood and they're supporting her. So I am telling you Local and people that are running on the national level in the local areas in blue states have a great chance to make the difference and have victories. Donors ask me where to donate. I'm telling you, look at people like the ones I just mentioned because that's how we will have power. Wins come in 50 states, not just in swing states. I hope that you had a very informative hour here. I hope we gave you a lot of information and I want you to do your homework. As a teacher, I'm telling you, go do your homework. Find out your local politicians. Find out the local offices where they're located. Get their phone numbers. Reach out to them. Make appointments. Go to their meetings and go to their events that are a lot of fun. I do all the time, and so do so many of my friends. And you know what? Those cultural activities, it's a great place with Democrats and Republicans meet. I am your Jewish Patriot, Cindy Gross. See you next time.
0: Thanks for watching the Jewish Patriot Show with Talk Radio's premier Jewish activist, Cindy Gross. Be sure to download Cindy's next program, as well as previous ones available internationally on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and in Israel on Jewish podcasts. See you next time on the Jewish Patriot Show.